Good morning, everyone. This morning I come to you with a burning um, in my heart of a baby and the law. So uh, grab your cup of coffee, uh, stay in your PJs, whatever you want to do. Um, but this morning we're going to, uh, if you grab your Bible, we're going to start this um, burning message within me in uh, Galatians 3, uh, verse 15. This is the law and God's promise of this baby, which I think is perfect timing for uh, the Christmas season right now and what Christmas should be uh, all about. And we oftentimes can get sidetracked from that. So we'll start in verse uh, 15 and we'll read through uh, a little bit of chapter 4 as well. Um, But let's go ahead and start. It says, Dear friends, here's an example from everyday life. This is verse 15. Just as no one can set aside or amend an invocable and irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promise to Abraham, his child. And notice that it doesn't say the promise was to his children, as if it meant many descendants. But the promise was to his child, and that, of course, means Christ. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years ago, or 430 years later, when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received only by keeping the law, then then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God gave it to Abraham as a promise. Well then, why was the law given? It was given to show people how guilty they are, we are as Gentiles. But this system of law was to last only until the coming of the child to whom God's promise was made. And there is the further difference. God gave us his laws. God gave his laws to angels to give to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is needed if two people enter into agreement. But God acted on his own when he made his promise to Abraham. Well then, is there a conflict between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could have given us new life, we could have been made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures have declared that we are all prisoners of sin. So the only way to receive God's promise is to believe in Jesus Christ. Until faith in Christ was shown to us as the way of becoming right with God, we were guarded by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until we could put our faith in the coming Savior. Let me put it in another way. The law was our guardian and teacher to lead us until Christ came. So now, through faith in Christ, we are made right with God. But now that faith in Christ has come. The baby has been born which is why Christmas is here. We no longer need the law as our guardian. So you are all, all 
children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have been made like him. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all Christians who are one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his hearers, hires, and now all the promises of God gave to him, all the promises of God that he gave to him belong to you. You are a child of God. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves great wealth for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they go up. They have to obey their guard. So I didn't know that I only had about five minutes per uh, session. So we kind of ended on um, the birth of a baby part one. This will be part two. We'll start off in uh, Galatians uh, chapter four that carries on from three. Um, It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves great wealth for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And it's that, and it's that's, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were slaves to the spiritual powers of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. She was subject to the law, Mary. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us in his very, as his very own children. And because you Gentiles have become his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And now you can call God your dear father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, everything belongs to you the same way that you promised the same way that the promise was to his hearers from abraham and now all the promises god gave him belong to you it's the same thing well let's go previously into the beginning of chapter 3 verse 2 and verse 5 i'm going to pick out two scriptures to show you something here that i think is amazing this is the difference between um, the law and the holy spirit through faith in this baby being born, Jesus Christ, putting your faith in Jesus. So in chapter 3, verse 2 and 5, they both say this. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. Let's move on to verse 5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obeyed the law of Moses? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. See, the Holy Spirit is welcomed when you believe in the Savior. When you believe this message of Jesus being born, that is when you are opening yourself to the spirit of Jesus to come into your hearts. And it's very interesting that it says in uh, verse 4 when it talks about 
um, Mary being subject to the law. It says and in verse chapter 4, verse 4, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to, obey, to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So Mary was even a slave to the law. This is, be, take for, this is before Acts, before the Holy Spirit fell into disciples in the upper room. So if you go to, let's turn to quickly to Luke uh, chapter 1, when Gabriel comes to Mary uh, and tells her that she's going to, to birth Jesus, the Savior. It says, uh, and this is chapter 1, verse 20. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So she's trying to think, what does this mean? She has no idea right now what's going on. She sees an angel. He's saying greetings to her. Then he says, do not be afraid, Mary. And what does he do? He starts to explain to her Jesus. So at this point, it's up to her whether or not she's going to believe in Jesus at this point. So he says, do not be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God gave give and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever his kingdom will never end Mary asked the angel but how can I have a baby I am a virgin and then the angel replied the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God Go to verse 38. Mary's response was this. I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. And then the angel left. So the Holy Spirit was put upon her once she believed in Jesus. That, that the story of Jesus from Gabriel. 